Judges chapter 7. And we are going to go into verse 1. We're going to begin from there. Judges chapter 7, from verse 1 onwards. Judges chapter 7, and we're going to read from verse 1 onwards. Then, uh, this is New King James Version. Then, Zerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and camped beside the well of Harad, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. God's choosing. God's choosing based on our response. We have to understand this. This is in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. People who are invited, who responded, were worthy of the banquet. God's call and our response to the call of God. Many times people think that, oh, because the prophecy came, oh, because God spoke this way, and I'm called of God, and hey, I'm called of God, I'm called for this, I'm called for that, and And they live their lives whichever way they want to, thinking that it will somehow magically come to pass. It will not. Every word that God gives and every choosing of God is dependent on your response and my response. Our response to the call of God brings us to the place of God or the place outside of God. God is speaking to our hearts. At this hour, God calls. Even for battle, God calls. And you look at the word of God coming to Gideon. Now there's a war. There's a great war. Midianites have been oppressing the children of Israel for a long time. And God says, okay, this is war time. This is the time I'm going to tell Gideon to do X, Y, and Z. Gideon hears that and he executes that. And you look at the Bible, you see, God specifically telling Gideon, when the people were all there, read verse 1, then Zerubbabel, that is Gideon, And all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod. So the camp of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. All of them got up early. Everyone. Isn't this similar to all the people who applied the blood of the lamb and eat the bitter herbs and they left Egypt because they believed. You call that Initial faith. You call that initial faith. And also, Jesus says this when he talks about the parable of the sower and the seed. Where the seed falls on different types of grounds. 
One is a waste right? It doesn't do any good because it's like on a concrete platform or a pavement or, or on top of a cement or, or a rock. It doesn't grow at all. There's no soil, zero soil. We know about those people. When you give the gospel, say, no, thank you. Or they'll be very hostile. Who will not receive Jesus Christ and who will end up in hell having rejected God Almighty. That's one category. But then Jesus talks about the various types or groups of people with different types of hearts. God is not saying, well, you're born with this heart and so you're doomed to destruction. No. Every heart is formed according to the will of a human being. What you give yourself over to, that's how you become and that's what you become. Just like a human body, human heart is like that. God is speaking to the heart of this hour. Just like a human body, a human heart, a soul is like that. Just like how God made a human body, a human soul and human spirit. Joined together with a body is brought into this world. It's not detached. It's not a body and, and a soul is floating somewhere else and suddenly it enters into the body if the child comes from the womb. No. All perfectly knit together, a child is born. Just like if you feed a child, it'll live. If you don't feed a child, you, you can starve the child to death. Same thing for the human soul. Same thing for the human heart. You can still feed a child, but you can just give the child water and don't give milk. The child is going to eventually die. Or instead of giving baby food, you give the wrong food. That's also going to cause problems, then the child can die. Or you say that, well, I'm not giving anything hard to die, just I'm going to give all nice, mushy, blended food, but you have a lot of processed things and a lot of junk in it. That's also going to make the child sick and eventually die. Well, the body was healthy. What was given was good. But what was done to that body determines the length of the life and the health of the child. You determine what you are. You determine how you're going to live and how long you're going to live, whether you choose to live or die. The human heart is like that. You cannot blame anybody in this world for yourself. This is why God has a day called the Day of Judgment, where every human being will stand before God to answer to God for what they have done in their body, not what someone did to them. There are people who blame the whole world. It can't. It won't, it will not work before God. On the day of judgment, everything will be displayed before every soul the way it is. Not about another person, but it's going to be about that person. The judge of all judges will stand there before he gives the verdict, even though the verdict has already been given, but for the person to know and all those around him to know that 
the judge is righteous, everything will be displayed. So that every single person will know for themselves why they are going to hell. This is how it will happen. No one can escape that day of judgment. And so it is very important for every human being to understand that the heart of a person, when they say, they take a scripture out of context and they say, oh, the human heart is desperately wicked. Oh, who can deliver it? It's desperately wicked. God didn't make it desperately wicked. The Bible says, God made man upright. And man chose evil ways. Every heart that God has created didn't come with wickedness. Although there's the potential to do wicked, wickedness because of the fall of man, you're not someone who is programmed to do wickedness and programmed by God to be wicked. No. You have the potential to do good because God created you in His image. And you have the potential to do evil because of the fall of man. Based on what you choose and how you turn out to be, you will be judged. God has spoken to us several times in the month of September about how the judge of all judges is standing at the door and at the door of this church, Albert Ellen Trash Ministries. And he, is, he has a balance in his hands and he's weighing every heart. No heart, no attitude, no mind will escape the Spirit of God. We have to understand that. The truth of God is what will be before us to judge us. Jesus said this. The very words that he has spoken will judge us in the last days. And we also heard in the prophecy that his word against our words. Oh, we have to be so careful. God's words against our words. That's the measuring rod. God's word is the measuring rod. God's word is the weight that will be placed on that balance and then our words it's very important how you keep your heart that's why Jesus said this oh guard your heart guard your heart guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life guard your heart why is he saying guard your heart because if you don't guard it the intruder will come in if you don't guard it the one who comes to corrupt the heart will come in you come in in different ways. Satan himself will transform himself as an angel of light to come and deceive, if possible, the elect. God spoke to us about that yesterday too. He will transform himself. What will Satan do? He will transform himself. That means he will cover himself like the Lord spoke yesterday. Jacob coming as Esau. Satan coming as Gabriel. Wolf coming as a sheep. These are the spirits that can come to deceive God's people. And every warning that God gives must be taken very seriously. Because if God comes and warns suddenly, that means something is going to happen. And God has been warning us for quite some time. And we've seen many things happen right here in front of our eyes in our church from the time he warned after that what happened. Month after month and year after year we see. 
So what wisdom will say, wisdom from God will say, once you have a warning, while you're driving, if you see there's a hidden driveway, wisdom will say, be careful, slow down, make sure no car is coming from the driveway and go. You're not going to panic and say, oh, there's a hidden driveway and that driveway is for me to trip me up and that's Lucifer. Perverting the truth. When you have a sign over there while you're driving that it, that is a place where a lot of accidents have taken place or you have a speed bump over there you don't say well the speed bump is there so that when I come fast you know I can somehow roll over and crash. The speed bump has been deliberately put to protect you. The warnings are given by God to protect you. It is the love of God for every single person, whether it's in this church or any other church anywhere in the world, where the Spirit of God is working like how He's working here. Because He sees everything as it is, and He also sees the plans of the enemy. While the enemy is planning, God will reveal it to His people. The Bible says the kings of Israel knew that God was with Elisha. The enemy of Israel also knew that God was with Elisha because he was a prophet. One of the servants of the enemy said, Oh, what you speak here? What you speak in your bedroom? Elisha knows. What Elisha needs to know, God will reveal. Not every small talk. The information that God sees that is important to reveal in order to protect His people. We saw this yesterday through the Spirit of God. It's the grace of God. When the warning comes, it's the grace of God to protect His flock. When the warning comes, it's the grace of God to protect His people. His sheep. When the warning comes from God, it is the warning that comes from God out of the heart of God, out of the love of God, to make sure you don't fall to whichever trap that Satan has set for you. It's to protect you. Know your God, O Israel. Know your God, O Israel. If you don't know God, if you don't know God, then you won't know the distance between the shepherd and the hireling. If you don't know God, then you won't know the difference between the shepherd and the hireling. Jesus said this, my sheep, they hear my voice and they follow. They listen and follow. They listen and they follow. My sheep, they hear my voice. They know the voice of God. Because they know the voice of God, Jesus said this, they don't listen to the voice of the stranger. Only those who don't know the voice of God will listen to the voice of the stranger. That means your association with God is not there. When you 
are with Jesus, when you're truly walking with Jesus, you know the voice of the Good Shepherd. You know when the warning comes. If you know your mother's voice, and you're playing, and you're about to trip over something, and your mom screams from there, even a few feet away, and she said, watch out, even without telling your name, you'll know her voice immediately. You will stop. If you're wise. If you have that relationship with your mom. If you don't, there are a lot of people saying all kinds of things. And your mom says, watch out. There's a cobra there. And you don't listen and you just hear. Someone else saying, oh, that, that, that doesn't hurt. That's a non-poisonous snake. Someone says that. Who will you listen to? Are you going to listen to your mom or are you going to listen to someone who says, oh, that's a non-poisonous snake. Nothing is going to happen. Are you going to let it bite and then experience the poison and take a chance to see if you're going to live or face death? When you know the voice of the Good Shepherd, when you know the voice of the Holy Spirit, when the voice of God comes, it comes to protect you. When the voice of God comes, the sheep that is acquainted with the shepherd, is the key that the Spirit of God is speaking here. If a sheep is acquainted with the shepherd, then the sheep will know the voice of God. When God speaks about something, the sheep will know, oh, there's a warning, I have to wake up, I have to watch out, I have to protect myself from whatever God is warning me about and you look at your life and make sure you're doing it or if you're not doing it, you should do what God says, don't do it, stop doing it. Align yourself with the will of God so that you don't crash. Those who know the voice of the shepherd will not listen to the voice of the stranger, Jesus said in the book of John. They won't listen to the voice of the stranger. Think about it. That means you have the voice of the stranger. You have the voice of the good shepherd and you also have the voice of the stranger. And those who want you dead will try to talk more than those who care about you because they're seeking for your death. That's how Satan will talk a lot. Bring a lot of things to people. But whose voice will you listen to? Will you listen to God or will you listen to the stranger? When you don't know the difference between the voice of the Lord and the voice of the stranger, that says a lot. You don't have that walk with God that you should have. Or, it says even more. That you didn't know at one point, but you chose not to trust the voice of God Almighty like how Eve did. Eve knew God. Eve knew that God made her. Eve knew that God loved her. Eve knew that God was for her. And when God said, don't go by that tree. Do not touch that fruit. Eve knew that. But she went anyway. She crossed that line anyway. She had conversation with the serpent anyway. And the serpent beguiled Eve. Now, can we blame the serpent? No. Can we say that, well, the serpent did it. That's what they tried to do. And all of them were cursed by God. 
Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent. All three who did wrong were individually judged by God. Remember this. All three had equal share in sin. All three were judged by God. God is speaking to our hearts today. When the voice of the good shepherd is not heeded, the voice of the enemy is taken and followed. It shows that you don't know his voice, number one. Or it shows that you know his voice, but you did not trust him and you listened to the voice of Satan. That's Eve. May God speak to every single person, every individual, every believer who is hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit this morning. Know your God and follow Him. The children of Israel, they knew the living God. They knew His voice. They knew every time Moses spoke, he spoke for God. God spoke through him. But then in the wilderness, they all started saying, Oh, you brought us to kill us and you brought us here. Why is Moses there for them? Moses was doing fine. Even in Midian. He was fine. He was not a slave in Midian. He had a family. He had children. He had his flock. He was doing fine. Moses gave up everything to come to suffer with the people of God. He did that in the palace and he did that also. After he got married, he left everything so that he can suffer with the people of God. Now he is in the wilderness. He is suffering because of these people that need to be delivered and taken to the promised land. People are looking at Moses and what are they doing? Oh, you brought us here to kill us and you brought... Who is that speaking through them? Definitely not God. Who is that? That's the Egyptian spirit. It's the Egyptian spirit. There are many spirits in the world, just like how we see Jezebel's spirit. You have Midianite spirit. You have Amalekite spirit. You have Egyptian spirit. You have Babylonian spirit. Just like how you see in the Bible, you have the spirit of Elijah. God's servants there are specific spirits from God that are given to accomplish His work. The anointing. Similarly for people who do evil, different evil spirits are there. And they conform. They conform themselves to the spirits. The spirits conform to them and that's how the spirit itself becomes the person and the person becomes a spirit and you have now the name of a human being associated with the spirit and it's called Jezebel spirit. And you have tribal spirits. You have different spirits that carry different places. Babylonian spirit. Egyptian spirit. Among many demonic spirits. And it was the Egyptian spirit that came to these people and these people gave room to 
which they didn't give room to when they left Egypt. They left Egypt, they left the Egyptian spirits there. They came for some time, but when they were wilderness, these Egyptian spirits came. Pharaoh and the army, moved by these Egyptian spirits, came after them physically. Satan didn't want to let go of the people of God. He did not want them to inherit their Canaan. So he went after the people of God physically. God took care of them. Physically, Pharaoh was destroyed, his armies. They were all destroyed in the middle of the Red Sea. God did his part. So physically, the Egyptians were gone, as God said. The Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more. They were gone. But the Egyptian spirit came after, long after the children of Israel crossed over the Red Sea. They were in the wilderness. Guess who came? Even the Pharaoh and the Egyptian army were destroyed. The Egyptian spirit came. And came looking to see who has an open door, who it can get into to take down at least some, at least some. Its goal is to take down everybody. Satan did not want God's people to inhabit the promised land. She said, let me do whatever I can do. Let me see if I can raise these people up. Guess against who? Against the anointed servant of God, Moses, that God had placed over them. Who left everything for them, to suffer for them, to take these people out of bondage, to take them to the promised land. And all of a sudden, the very people who believed in God, who left Egypt and who came to the wilderness, all of a sudden they turned against Moses. They want to kill Moses. All of a sudden they said, Oh, you brought us here to kill us. As if Moses has a special caravan or a chariot full of food and water and he's in a separate place enjoying himself, being the so-called leader while the rest of the people were starving. You see that? You see the spirit that works in the hearts of those who yield themselves to such spirits. It will find affinity where it can. It looks for common ground. It didn't go into everybody, no. It went into some. Some who had the base for that. Some who had room for that. The Bible says this. Satan entered into the serpent because the serpent was more crafty than the rest of the creatures that God made. Only if there's something that the enemy finds when there's a common ground will the enemy be able to enter in. Only when there's a common ground. Well, didn't the same serpent come to Jesus when he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights? Didn't the same serpent come to Apostle Paul? Didn't the same serpent come to 
Joseph in Egypt. Then the same serpent come to Daniel in Babylon. They didn't yield themselves to the serpent. But Eve did. Adam did. Some of the Egyptians, or the Israelites, I should say, did. Many of the children of Israel, or the entire generation other than Joshua and Caleb, did. It moved to the extent that even Moses was the meekest of all. Because of the very people that he showed mercy to when God said, Moses, move away, I'll wipe them out. It was the mercy of God. It was the mercy of God that came at that time saying that I'm going to wipe them out, Moses. I'm going to wipe them out, Moses. And if Moses would have just said, Lord, you are slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. I believe that your judgment is true. And move out of the way. Moses would have entered into the promised land. A lot of times people take that and they take that passage as a positive thing and preach on that. Oh, Moses changed the heart of God and, and God wanted to destroy people and Moses interceded and they preach a big message on intercession which is unbiblical. Unbiblical. Intercessions must be made according to the will of God. We can try to bend God's arm to get something done and inherit a big curse. The very people that Moses interceded and said, Oh Lord, if you're going to remove them, then remove me too. That's exactly what happened. Scribble my name, Lord, out. It's a big thing to say that because he was so close to God. And he cared more about the people and what the rest of the nations will say about God and the people. Not thinking that God cares about the people more than he does because God made them. God cares about his name more than he does. Don't worry about what people will say. This is where a lot of Christians go, to the depths of hell. Because the eyes are on what people will say, what people will think about me, what people will think about my family, what people will think about how I look, what people, people will take it to hell. What does God say? Because God is the one who leads us by the way that we do not know. God is the one who leads us by the way that we do not know. He's the leader. He's the one who can see everything. What happened? Moses did not enter into the promised land because he bargained with God for the rebellious people that God wanted to wipe out. It was the act of God's mercy, but Moses interfered and he tried to be more merciful than God. Can anyone do that? God said, okay, that's what you want, Moses. I'll give it to you. With a heavy heart, God would have done that. The very people that he interceded to God for, but the very people who provoked him so much, that Moses hit the rock instead of speaking. And after that, even when he said, Lord, somehow, somehow, let me go to the promised land, God said, no. When God says, I will do this because I'm showing mercy, we have to understand the mercy of God. And God has been speaking very clearly, as of yesterday, about the grace of God. What will God's grace do? 
is out of the grace of God, God comes and He cleans our yard. We can't cry for every weed that is being pulled out. Otherwise, the weed will destroy your yard. It's the grace of God. He pulls the weeds out. That's the mercy of God. God said, I will wipe them out, Moses. Moses should have just said, Okay, Lord, you know what is best. You don't see Noah over there wailing before God, saying, Oh, Lord, don't wipe out the people of the earth. No, 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 no. I'm not building the ark. No, no. If they are not coming in, then I'm not going with them. You don't see that. Noah did exactly what the Lord said, and he escaped. But this is where Moses... Because Moses really worked so hard. Moses sacrificed so much and he feels I brought these people this far and I don't want to let them go at least somehow a little more grace Lord a little more grace a little more grace but you know the God of grace sees everything already not only did Moses bring them out of Egypt God carried them the Bible says God carried the children of Israel like a father would carry his son that's how much God the father was involved emotionally Spiritually and in every way in the deliverance of his people and brought them through the wilderness. Moses felt that how much more God would have felt. And when God says, enough, wisdom will say, back off because it's mercy that he's showing at this time. He's trying to spare you. He's trying to protect you back off the children of Israel those who knew the voice of God listened to Moses those who rebel against the voice of God listened to the spirit of Egypt and what they say I want to go back they went and fought with God's anointed vessel the end is destruction it didn't end well for them. The Bible says the earth opened up and it swallowed the people alive. We need to be very careful when it comes to who we listen to. What you let in your mind is very important. Who you listen and who you follow is very important. Make sure. You want to make it to heaven? Make sure. You only have one shepherd, Jesus Christ. You won't listen to the voice of Satan. And that shepherd, chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, if he has appointed and placed you, whichever part of the world you are in, and given and has given you a shepherd according to God's own heart, and do exactly as how God will speak to you through the shepherds God has appointed over you. It's very important. That's your protection. That's your protection. If anyone comes and says, oh, don't listen to your mom and dad, you know, like sometimes they do, a lot of times they do in public school, all the times they brainwash their kids to saying that your dad is stupid and your mom is stupid, they're old generation, they don't know anything. Don't listen to them. You have your own mind. Learn to think for yourself. What they say, they say basically, Choose death. Choose death. Because God has kept parents on the face of the earth to protect you 
to protect every child. God has kept parents on the face of the earth to protect as protection. They can see before you see. That's the truth. But when rebellion is at the heart, disobedience will be all over. Playing smarter than God and playing smarter than the parents will be common. Not every child is like that. That's what we see in the Bible. Two out of the entire generation entered into the promised land. God is speaking to our hearts today. Be wise. In Proverbs, God's word says, A wise son will obey quickly. And obedience is a hallmark of humility, and humility is a hallmark of wisdom. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Choose life. Choose life. Jesus, God said this in his word. Oh Israel, why do you have to die? Why do you have to die? Choose life. God has no pleasure in the death of the righteous and he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but he has no choice. With great grief, In order to purge, thoroughly purge, he purges so that those who follow him and are faithful to him will be kept safe. God is speaking to our hearts today. The Lord telling Gideon here, verse 2, Oh, the people with you are too many for me to give to the Midianites into their hands. You know why God said that? Because he knew the spirits of these people. Children of Israel, yeah. Proud people will take glory for themselves. And he says, this is how I'm going to separate them. Along with that proud spirit is a fearful spirit too. So he is filtering it out this way. Who is actually going to be in the war, who are those who will be actually used by God, in short? People who are void of pride, people who are void of fear. We know that fear and faith cannot go together. And if you have true humility, there will be no room for fear because God's grace will abound upon people who are humble. God will be right there. There's no room for fear. Anytime the spirit of fear comes near, the grace of God will abound upon those who are humble because they'll run to God and they'll say, Lord, I need your strength. And immediately, that spirit of fear will be kicked out. When I say kicked out, it didn't go in, but from among their midst. But those who are proud, will do things according to what they want to, will do things according to however they feel is right, like the Bible says. Every man thinks that what he does is right, but if it's not according to the Lord, the end is 
destruction or death. And our balance that we think is fair is actually an abomination to God. If the heart is not right, whatever you look will look crooked. If you have a double vision, you'll think everything looks double and you'll think that people who are seeing single, their vision is not right. And there are people who think there are sparrows everywhere. You have floaters in your eyes and you see stars everywhere. You can't convince someone whose vision is right to say that you're not seeing stars because you have something wrong with your eyes. That's what Satan does. To make good look bad and bad look good. And this is the times and the age or the season that we're living before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the love of many will wax cold. And it's a repeat of what happened during the times of Noah. They completely lost focus. Even though Noah was preaching, oh, the judgment is coming, oh, the flood is coming, oh, get ready. Oh, they're all doing their own thing. Jesus said this. They all acted as if Jesus, as if the flood is not coming. They all acted as if Noah was a crazy person saying things. And, and you're just interfering with us. We're buying and we're selling. We're giving in marriage and we're doing all kinds of things without God. And Jesus said, like a thief in the night that time will come. And he compares it to the days of Noah. That's exactly where we are. If we lose focus of what time it is, if we lose focus of what season we are in, we'll be just like the people who perished during the days of Noah. Noah was focused. Noah's sons were focused. Noah's daughters-in-law were focused. They were focused. Noah's wife was focused. Nobody could move them any other way. They completed the task of God and therefore they were worthy to not only enter in but also take the other animals. They were able to do the will of God without doing what God tells you to do. Part A, you can go to part B. Without building the ark, you won't have the responsibility or you won't be given the responsibility of bringing the animals and the animals won't come to you until then. The creatures won't come to you until then. God will only command them to come to you after the ark is built. God is speaking to our hearts today. Many times people have a lot of desires. Hey, I want to be this and I want to be this. And so many people have seen or come and say, Oh, Pastor, I'm called to be a prophet and I'm going to be a prophet. And they don't have the character to have a steady, proper prayer life. Big talk. And God have mercy. Be faithful in little things. Show some character before God. Do what God has given to you. Finish that first. Show that you're capable of finishing what God has given. Show your steadiness to God. Then God will see you. If you're trustworthy or not to give you the next assignment. So the Lord said to Gideon, 
the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me. So there's a filtration that is taking place. Man, can you say that? Well, I'm upset at Gideon because Gideon sent me home. Well, God sent them home through Gideon. Gideon did send them home, but according to God's spirit that was upon him, that's the anointing of God. And the word comes from God, say, go home. That's all he's supposed to do. Not say that he is special. Why did you call him for that? And why, you know, they were called and I wasn't called. Well, God knows who to call. If you're not called, go home. Be faithful. And when it's time for you to be called and God sees you, that you can do what he wants you to do, that you're reliable, then he will call you. Many times, thinking high of oneself and having a false estimation of oneself is a big snare. That's a jealous and a competitive spirit that tries to enter in, saying that, why not me? Why should you be? If God sees that you should to get anything from you, then he will. If it's not, the first order of business is to close your mouth. The Spirit of God is speaking because by opening their mouth, and many people have earned, reaped the judgment of God. If God says, sit down, at that time, don't say, oh, I want to stand up. Why can't I stand up? If God didn't call you to the front, it says in Proverbs, don't go to the front lest you be put to shame. By who? By the one who is in charge of the shop, which is God Almighty. Humility will always take the back seat until it's called to the front. At that time, people who are truly humble ones say, One well, moment, I'm not worthy to do it. I'm not going there. No. That's false humility. That's pride in itself. You want people to beg and plead. God is speaking to us today. Be real. Every single believer in our church should be real. Be real before God. If you're called, go and get the job done. Because it's an honor. and It's a privilege. I always say this, not the other way around. We should never think, oh, I'm serving God and I'm being, you know, this to the church and it's because of me. It's over at that point. It becomes an abomination to God. Jesus said this, after having done all, we go and sit down and say, I'm unprofitable servant, I did what... I was told to do. That's all. Because God calling us to do what He wants us to do is a privilege. It's an honor. It's a rare opportunity. But if God says, you can't lift that 20-pound bag right now until you're able to, I want you to sit down. Always understand it's for your good. At that time, don't say that. Well, I can. You know, some little children will do. Look at heavy things and say, I can lift, I can lift. But you know that they can't. Many believers are like that. They overestimate themselves, think that I can do this. Why can't I do? Why are they doing it? Well, you can't see yourself fully. You don't know yourself fully. You don't know where you stand spiritually. God sees everything. And He leads His people through the shepherds that he has placed over them. The way he wants them to be led. 
He will never give you anything that you cannot bear, that you are not ready for, and that's grace. That is the grace of God. If God is not calling you and giving you something, thank God for it, but make sure that you become trustworthy, that you grow up. A two-year-old cannot say, Thank you, Lord, I'm not carrying a 20-pound, and I will say a two-year-old, so I don't have to carry 20 pounds. That's disorder. That will be grief to God if you stay as a two-year-old for the next ten years. Every child is expected to grow if the child is eating properly. If the child is only listening to the voice of the shepherd and following the shepherd. Staying within the fold is very important. God is speaking to our hearts today. God looked at Gideon and God said this, Gideon, I don't want all these people with you going to the battle. We're going to send some people home or I'm going to send some people home. When I tell you, send them home. And the Lord said, this is the criteria. The people who are fearful, send them home. Those are the people who say, my own hand saved me, my people, I did it. You see how fear is linked to pride? God said, I don't want proud people here. I don't want people who come and rob the glory of God. Send them back home. It's the grace of God for those people. Because they become partakers of the blessing of God later. You know why? Because they obeyed and they went back home. If they would have thrown a tantrum there, just like how it happened with Moses, God would have struck them right there. But they listened and they went back home. That's why they were blessed. Know your place in the kingdom of God. When you're called to do something, do it. If you're not called for something, know that God has a better time and you need to work on yourself. The Bible says, be under the mighty hand of God. Submit yourself. Be under the mighty hand of God. In due time, God will lift you up. What does that due time mean? What does it mean? That means when you're ready, when God sees fit, He will lift you up. Until then, be where you need to be and focus on preparing yourself to becoming what God wants you to be, to become useful. And God will see that you're fit to be placed in the next seat in order to become useful. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Let Israel claim glory for itself against me. Big words, very weighty words God is speaking here. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against who? Against the one who gave the deliverance. Oh, my hand did it. We did it. We went and fought. Who? All these fearful people. Where are they getting their strength from? From God. But you know what they'll say? We did it. Robbing God of His glory. So God said, send them home. Because if you have pride, you can't get the victory. You'll become a stumbling block for the rest of the army of Israel. Everybody will lose. So the best thing is, send them home. Go home. Go home. 
Now therefore, proclaiming in the hearing of the people, I'm reading verse 3, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. Right now. Go home. And 22,000 of the people returned. 10,000 remained. You don't see anyone saying, Whoa, I wouldn't go too. No. Go back home. They all went home. And that's why they became partakers of the victory that God gave, even though they were not in the battlefield. They were not a hindrance to the army of God from getting the victory. And they became partakers of the reward that came as a result of those who went and fought. Be a contributor to the church of God's growth. Be a contributor. By simply obeying what God has told you to do, be a contributor to the victory of the kingdom of God. No one should become a hindrance to the work of God from going forward. When God says something, simply do it. Just by doing it, you'll be blessed because you obeyed. This is what happened to these people. They returned. And 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, I'm going to wrap it up here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. We're just going to read this and stop where God wants us to. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. God is saying, the people who are going to take my glory... They are still here. I'm going to send some more back. The next test. He said, bring them down to the water. And who is testing here? God. The Spirit of God in Gideon is testing the people who are there. Among the children of Israel, and these are not a mix of Babylonians and Egyptians and Amalekites and the children of Israel. So Babylonians go home, Amalekites go home, and Egyptians go home. No. These are people within the camp of God. We're not qualified to go to the battle. But they contributed to the success by going home. This is a very important point God is speaking at this hour. About the obedience. Go home. God says go home. Go home. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Imagine God himself there. How involved is God in the battle? Very much involved. He's the commander-in-chief here. How involved is God in our church? Very much involved. He's the chief shepherd and he's the commander-in-chief here. And how does God lead all our battles? Very strategically, according to his divine wisdom. What are we supposed to do? Simply obey. Do your part. If it's your part, is to go home, go home and pray. If your part is to fight, then fight. Whatever God tells you to do, simply do it. Then you won't contribute to the downfall of the people of God. You won't contribute to the failure of the house of God. Because of Achan, 
because of what Achan did. The entire children of Israel lost the battle in Ai. It's a small city. After this huge victory of Jericho, because of one fellow and his family, you have all those who obeyed. But you know what? When sin is in the camp, Satan has a legal right to defeat you. Defeat the entire army of God. When sin is there, God won't be there. This is why purification of the church is so important. Why we do what we do is very important. Contribute to the well-being and to the victory of the army of God. The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you and the same shall go with you. And whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go with you. Who does the choosing when it comes to serving God? Who does the choosing? Who gets to do what? God Almighty. So anyone who stands against them and says, well, they didn't take mine and they didn't take yours and you know, you know what, you know, Pastor this or this, that, will directly be held accountable before the judgment seat of God by God Almighty Himself. People need to know the word, especially in a church like this where God is leading. The fear of God has to be there. Because that's the truth. If you don't know the truth, you'll perish. People perish because of the lack of the truth. Truth must be told, and it is told because of God's love. Jonah went around because God tells you, better go tell them that they are going to be destroyed. Go tell them, go tell them. Noah stood and preached. Flood is coming, flood is coming. What was he trying to do, scare the people? Say that you preached a message that hurt my feelings? You said something that is bad for me. Who will lose, the preacher or the rebel? Those who didn't listen to Noah's preaching flourished, perished. Those who didn't listen to Noah's preaching perished. Those who believed in his word, they flourished. His wife, his sons, daughters-in-law, and even the animals who went in. They all flourished because they populated the earth after that. They received the blessing of God, the same blessing that God gave to Adam and Eve before they fall. It is important to understand your place in the house of God. And be a blessing. So God is now downsizing more and he says, I'm choosing here. God is standing with Gideon. So he brought the people down to water, to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue, if the dog laps, you should set apart by himself likewise everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hands, that all the other people 
go every man to his place send them home so the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands and he sent away all the rest of Israel every man to his tent and retained those 300 men we will stop right here what did god do god took the 300 men who will not boast who will not take the glory of god who god counted worthy to go and fight the rest of the people god said go home and they all became partakers of the blessing of god you know why because they all obeyed god those were called to fight fought those were called to go home they went home because of that they all won because of that they all got equal share never be a contributor to the fall of the kingdom of god never be a contributor because god won't see his kingdom fall and step what happened to Achan will happen where God pulls the person out and, and then his, word, his work will go forward. But you know what? There's a big loss that the people of God suffered. See, in a battle, if we lose, that means we lost lives. We lost people. Innocent lives were gone. Because of who? Achan. Be a contributor to the growth of the house of God be a contributor to the victory of the army of God by simply obeying when jealous spirit comes in boastful spirit comes in Egyptian spirit comes in it will automatically move a person when they partner with those spirits to move against the anointed servants of God that God has placed over their lives to lift their heads up and to say you say this but this is what i say you see at that point the serpent speaking the serpent hissing it's very important instead of saying the world well, you made me look bad in front of those 300 people you know in what way they are special we all came together and why should we go home and and if we would have known that this is how the selection process is we would have done the same thing and all of them would have been destroyed all of them who disobeyed and rebelled would have been destroyed but they didn't do that they went home because they listened to God's servant here Gideon they became partakers of the blessing of god you want to be blessed know your limits know your place in the house of god if you're called serve god with reverence if you're not called focus on getting closer to god don't compete with anyone this is a prophetic word that god is giving knowing the hearts of every single person the holy spirit is speaking i don't know who God is speaking to but I know he is and I stand here as God's servant as the mouth of God to give the word of God to his people word for word as the spirit of God is speaking what God is putting into my spirit and transferring to the spirit of the people 
is God's servant I'm doing here? Wisdom will say, take it and just do it. Seek and live. It's because of God's grace God is speaking. It's because of God's grace for you God is still speaking. It is because of God's grace for you. God wants you to escape the snares of the enemy. God is still speaking. This goes for every single person. What God tells you to do, just do it. God speaks to you through the shepherds. Just do it. You will live. Even if you're not qualified to go and fight, you will still get the blessing of God because you listened and you went home. You just did your part. You didn't contribute to the downfall. You contribute the success by going home. Don't stay home and say, well, every time let those 300 men fight and I'm just going to stay home. Thank God, I don't have to do that. Those people, those are fighting, they're facing the enemy and the enemy is against them. I'm fine. I don't have to face that. Then you will stay a two-year-old for the rest of your life. That's no good because you have to become mature. To serve God because only those who overcome will enter in. Right now, you need to grow. Yes, God sends you home, but that's not the same pattern every time. Every single person is called to serve God. Every single person is called to be a contributor to the growth of the kingdom of God. And there will be a time where God will draft more people to go to war. But you should be qualified for that, not disqualified. So the growth is important. This time God will say go home. He's not going to say go home every time. That will be a bad thing if every time you're told to go home. That means you haven't made any progress. Be someone who will simply do what God tells you to do. Focus on knowing Jesus and focus on being with Jesus. Focus on getting strengthened by Jesus. And when God sees fit, he'll call you. Until then, dare not compete with anyone because that spirit itself is from the pit of hell. Don't entertain that. Because Satan will always make people look like or feel like they're better than someone. I have this, I can do this. Why should they be called and not me? Well, David was called, not Saul, to go before Goliath. David went with a sling and a stone. Not about how much you know and how much you have. It's about who you have with you. Saul had the spirit of fear and the spirit of pride. You see that very clearly in the word. David had the spirit of humility and he had the spirit of God. It's not about a person's skills or their ability or their beauty or their glory or their riches. They are all an abomination before God if God is not in it. We just come to God tell the Lord, Lord, these five loaves and two fish you can use. And God says, give it to me, we give it. If he says, no, right now, we, I don't need that from you, you can keep it. A later time, if I need, I'll ask. Or if the Lord says, I want you to eat that, then that's all we say. At that point, we say, oh, at that point, we shouldn't say, 
Oh, God rejected my five loaves and two fish, and now I am doomed, and I'm condemned, and I'm abandoned, and, and I'm so upset because God told me, take those five loaves and two fish and eat by yourself and go home. That means God doesn't want from me and make a whole drama out of it. Don't let any satanic drama take place in your life. Be someone who is simple, keep things simple, live a simple life. Be real before God. Be real in the presence of God. Don't give room for any drama spirit, any demonic drama spirit to come. To waste the time of God, waste the time of God's servants, waste the time of the Spirit of God. God's work can be done during that time. Don't let the enemy use you as a tool of Satan in any way. Be very careful. Every single person, be very careful. Be very careful. Joshua had to stop everything. God says, Joshua, get up and look and see what is happening in your camp. And the whole movement of God to move the people forward was halted because of Achan. Think about that. What a waste of time. How many lives were lost? How many lives? And it's a shame God's people lost in front of the heathen. All these things happen. Now Joshua has to go and call the people and find out who did this. When they could have easily won AI the first time. What a waste of time. What a waste of energy. How much was Joshua in distress, he's going, crying out to God. Why, Lord, why did this happen? Be a blessing to the servants of God. Don't cause grief and don't have them shed tears. It will not be good for you. It will not. Don't cause the servants of God to agonize in prayer. It will not go well with you. Be someone who is a blessing to God. Every move that you make and every decision that you take and every choice that you make, always know it is God who is leading or Lucifer who is leading. Who is leading you? If God is leading, He will always lead you into obedience, not into rebellion. If God is leading you, He will only lead you to green pastures, to still waters. He will lead you according to God's word and his ways, not the opposite of that. As we hear this word of God this morning, it is the grace of God that comes to God's people to even speak during this hour so that the church can understand the spirit of God who's trying to touch the spirit of those who are open to God this morning. To understand the importance of faith, the importance of humility, the importance of obedience. See, only when humility is there, obedience will be there. Only when humility is there, faith will be there. We've seen this many times. God wants to to repeat it so that it will be reinforced into your spirit. What spirit are we led by? Because the spirit of God is a spirit of obedience. 
May God speak to your hearts this morning that every single person in this church will be a blessing to God. That every single person in this church will contribute to the victory of God's army. That every single person in this church will become a blessing by simply doing what you're told to do. Nothing more, nothing less. And God will bless you with equal share because of your obedience spirit, because of yielding yourself to the will of God. And those who obey will become trustworthy people in the hands of God to do great mighty things for the living God. For without faith it's impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that He is and He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. true faith will obey those who truly believe in God will truly be obedient people disobedience is a mark of lack of faith this morning wherever repentance is necessary repent before God whatever you need to do in the presence of God whatever God has spoken to each one of you the spirit of God has spoken to every single person here Whatever area the Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord has put His finger on, you know, and God knows. Whatever you need to repent of, repent of before God, so that you can become a contributor to the blessing of God upon yourself first, and upon the house of God next. Shall we pray?